It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we are joined by Tommy McClelland, the Deputy Athletic Director at Vanderbilt, and he also oversees external affairs and revenue generation. We discuss his role in the athletic department, the beginning of the Clark Lee era, and Tommy is able to send an important message to Commodore Nation. We also discuss Jerry Stackhouse's first SEC victory over South Carolina on Saturday night, and Chris Pierce is coming back for year five. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 68. It is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Finewood Floors. Will, this is a big episode for us. It's episode 68. You know, we've had some a few big ones in the past, but uh, I think Commodore fans are, are, are really going to like this one. Yeah, pretty awesome to have the deputy AD come out, and he he actually directly addressed fans and everything. Yeah. So that'll be an incredible listen for Commodore fans out there. Yeah, that's that's a must listen for for every Vanderbilt fan. We will also talk here in the first segment though about Vanderbilt's first SEC victory over South Carolina. Commodores get to one and six uh, in the conference. We will also preview the A and M game tomorrow night, uh, and and Chris Pierce is back so Pierce returns for Vanderbilt football we'll see um, you know how much momentum that creates for the offense we'll touch on the 2021 football schedule release and national signing day tomorrow so a lot to get into before uh, our interview with Tommy McClellan but before we get to breaking news don't forget to follow us on Twitter door underscore report and Instagram door dot report like us on Facebook subscribe to our YouTube channel our podcast is available on Anchor iTunes Spotify and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, their brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, Vanderbilt gets the first SEC victory over South Carolina, 93-81. They're now 5-8 and eight overall, 1-6 in the conference. Will, there's some parallels with Max Evans playing well and this Vanderbilt team playing well. Because, you know, in the three SEC wins last season, he played really well. Obviously, he exploded in the LSU win. And then uh, this past Saturday night, he drops 29 and, and five for eight from three-point range. And also, Pippen and DeSue playing well helped him win that game also. But, Will, I mean, Max Evans, when he plays well, this team is following. 
Yeah, I don't know what we have to do to get this version of Max Wellvin's every single game, but whatever it is, whatever his pregame meal is, however he's tying his shoes, whatever he's doing uh, for breakfast that day, he needs to stick with it because yeah. that was that was up there with the LSU performance that he had last year, and, and that's saying missing. a lot. But more than his performance, it's just having secondary production and it not being all in Scotty Pippen's shoulders. And we saw that with, with him. We don't necessarily need 29 points out of Max Evans every night. Yeah. But if we could get, you know, mid-teens alongside Dylan DeSue in the mid-teens, that, make, that allows Pippen to score 20 to 23 points, distribute the ball, and the defense can't solely focus on him. And that opens up the rest of that offense. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, when you have Max Evans of 29 and Pippen Jr. 23, Sue 17, you're going to win a lot of games. And Will, some interesting stats. They scored the most points in a game this season with 93. They tied their season high with 21 assists, hit 13 threes, and they outscored the Gamecocks 22 to 9 at the free throw line. So, you know, you're going to win a ton of games uh, playing like that. Will they play AM tomorrow night? And and I talked about it, you know, we talked about it the past week or so that this is a big stretch for them. Uh, these are some winnable games. The next they play Georgia and then Mississippi State. And that those those teams are kind of in the bottom half of the conference. So Aggies are struggling just like Vandy. They're second to last in the conference. And Will, if if they can get a couple of wins here, that might begin to kind of move that trek along out of the basement of the SEC. Yeah, this these next three games and, and this four-game stretch, including the South Carolina game, are massive for Vanderbilt. Yeah. They're all very winnable, um, and then the schedule gets a little bit tougher. And I said I wanted to do the deep numbers dive on the last podcast episode, but we're starting to see a trend develop. It's not just bad teams that they're beating. The, the yeah. one thing that seems to be very prevalent in all of Vanderbilt's victories and their tight losses, including that loss to Kentucky, is teams that have a high turnover rate. Uh-huh. So Vanderbilt likes to play aggressive and full run. court pressing, and that high turnover rate is going is what is leading to Vanderbilt having close losses to teams that you would otherwise say they may not probably mm-hmm. shouldn't have been in the game and or winning the game. The only team that hasn't been in 250th or worse in turnover rate that they've beaten is Valparaiso. Yeah. So and their next three games with A&M, Georgia, and Auburn are 328th, 311th, and 304th. And just for a little context, South Carolina was 258th. So that is something to keep in mind when evaluating Vanderbilt's upcoming opponents. And and I think that they probably need to go two and one in the next three games in order for this season to be deemed, in quotations, a success. Yeah, just a huge stretch for Stack, you know, and this this year's team. And Will, I think they also like playing South Carolina. Stack is two and zero against Frank Martin, who is you know one of the better coaches in the conference. So it definitely you know has their number there. Uh, again, tomorrow night tip eight thirty in College Station. We'll see uh, what if the Commodores can keep their momentum going. Will Chris Pierce though, as we move on to football, is coming back. He's back for his fifth year of eligibility. And he's really thinking COVID right now because essentially that gave every senior another an extra year of eligibility. He had a big year, Will. Like, you know, obviously stats aren't you know skyrocket blow you off the the stat sheet, but twenty five catches, three seventy one yards, five touchdowns in nine games. Started eight of those games. I mean, th- this is this is that was kind of his breakout year. His breakout game was Florida, uh, where he kind of put the SEC on notice a little bit um, against you know a poor Florida defense, but still that's an SEC defense. Well, so Pierce obviously coming back, that kind of starts creating a lot of you know confidence and, and excitement for this offense because you look at that core, 
that's a decent core, and they have all those guys coming back from last year. We've talked about it before. This offense can be exciting, especially because Chris Beers, he's such a veteran, and, and he's coming back, and, and, and you know they love playing together. So, um, again, Chris Pierce coming back is obviously a good sign. Yeah, Chris Pierce got into a rhythm with Ken Seals. You saw uh-huh. it, and probably it, it, he had the four-game stretch where he scored touchdowns in four straight games and multiple touchdowns against Florida. But this for him, just him as a specific player, is going to be huge because he has the 6'4", 230 build uh-huh. that is an ideal NFL receiver. And if he can continue that production we saw late in the season, throw in four non-conference games where he's going to obviously put up a, a better numbers than he's going to put up against pure SEC defenses. Uh-huh. And he could be a guy that you could be looking at trying to play himself into a late round pick at that receiver position on top of the benefit that he's going to bring back with another year of eligibility to play at Vanderbilt. Yeah, you talked about the rhythm. Him and Ken Seals, that he was looking to Chris in the red zone. I mean, that was his guy down there when they got close. And even, I mean, his his long run, uh, you know, run after catch against Florida was, was really impressive. So Pierce definitely going to be a guy to watch next season. Speaking of next season, the schedule's here. And, and it's kind of it seems a little early. I mean, we're still over 200 days. Uh, but, you know, SEC, it just means more. And, and, you know, you're already talking about these games as if they're playing tomorrow. So we'll run through Will. We'll get more analysis in, um, in in podcasts down to come. But uh, week one, they will play East Tennessee and East Tennessee State at home. Week two at Colorado State, and then they get three home games in a row: Stanford, Georgia, and UConn. And then beginning with week six, they go at Florida. Week seven at South Carolina. Week eight and week nine, two home games: Mississippi State, Missouri. Week ten, they get a bye, and it's probably much needed at that point of the year. That's a nice time uh, for a bye. Then they they stay at home to play Kentucky. And then they finish the season. You know, these will be these won't be easy at Ole Miss and at Tennessee. So we'll look at at this schedule. Those first five games is what I look at because you're not you're likely not going to beat Georgia. It's at home, but um, those first if they win three of those first five, that's a good start. If they win four of those first five, that's a great start. So they could very well be four and one before that Florida game. Now, I know that's very – that's a lot of confidence. It's, beating Stanford is going to be tough, but it's at home. So – and even three and two is a good look. So, Will, uh, initial thoughts here because this is – you wish it would have been at a different type of season, maybe down the road for Clark, but this is a great schedule. Yeah, with Vanderbilt, it's very simple. Win the games you're supposed to win and hope you can win one or two that you're not supposed to win. Uh-huh. And that's a successful season. You're not, it's a little bit different than other SEC teams, but you have to take care of the way you can't have a loss to Colorado State. You no. can't drop a game to UConn. You've got to win those games. Those are absolutely must wins. Um, when you look at the schedule outside of Stanford, they did a really good job of scheduling in some very winnable out of conference games, which is something James Franklin did an incredible job of was basically putting four gimmies on his schedule almost every single year, which is what you need because you're already playing eight games in conference against SEC programs and probably seven or all eight of those games, you're not going to be a favorite. So those, winning those out-of-conference games is going to be key. And that week three matchup, I want to circle and star it um, against Huge. Stanford, is going to determine whether this season is going to be okay or a good season. 
versus something that could really build into the future as uh-huh. what we could call a great season. Yeah, you remember we had Watson Brown on, Will. That's exactly what he was talking about. You know, he was talking about scheduling. It's very important. And Clark Lee didn't schedule these games, but he will down the road, and that's going to be something um, to watch as well, as you touched on. National Signing Day also tomorrow, Will. Um, you know, we're just going to kind of point that out there. We will obviously keep you updated on our um, our Twitter account. That's door underscore report. But, Will, before we close it out, we got Tommy McClellan coming up. This was an absolutely tremendous interview. Wish we had a little bit more time, but you know he was able to get get a message out there to Vanderbilt fans, and and I think there there's going to be a lot of fans coming out of this interview after listening to it with you know a lot of a lot more positivity than maybe they came in they came in with it for. Yeah, I wish we weren't as limited on time as as we were yeah. during that interview and right now. But I do want to go back to the schedule really quick and and plug in an article from Jackson Tolk on thedoorreport.com. Yes. He gives a detailed breakdown of every single game as well as his way too early predictions there. there we go. I'm sure we'll go into detail more in the dog days of summer uh, breaking down <laughs> those games. But if you're itching for a uh, breakdown and analysis right now, go to thedoorreport.com and, and definitely give that article a read. But on to Tommy McClellan. This this interview was great. I wish we had more time to talk talk with him, but he was extremely impressive. Um, and, and that message to Vanderbilt fans is, is something that anybody that represents or, or cheers for the, for the guys in black and gold are going to want to hear. No doubt about it. So coming up, we got Tommy McClelland here on the Door Report. Stay tuned because you will want to hear this one coming up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Before we get to our interview with Tommy McClellan, the Deputy Athletic Director at Vanderbilt, it's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick as we welcome you into the interview portion. And boy, are we excited about this one. Tommy McClellan, the Deputy Athletic Director at Vanderbilt. He also oversees the external affairs and revenue generation uh, on West End. He joined Vanderbilt last year after serving as Louisiana Tech's Athletic Director since 2013. He's originally from Louisiana. He earned his bachelor's degree from Northwestern State in 2004, completed his master's in sports administration in 2005, and he's also been at places like North Carolina, Southern California, so a lot of schooling, obviously, for uh, for Tommy, and, and and we are so honored to to have you on the podcast. Tommy, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me, and I look forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to start, Tommy, with kind of your role at Vanderbilt. And, and, and I think a lot of people uh, with, with that title, you know, there's a lot to that. So how would you describe and kind of put into words uh, what you're going to be doing and kind of, you know, obviously what you have been doing so far on West End? Yeah, I think, um, you know, basically the department in athletics terms in our industry is really kind of, if you will, divided into two areas, internal and external, just in its most simplistic terms. So obviously, uh, my counterpart is uh, is Dr. Christine Kelly, uh, who was hired just a few weeks before I was. So, I mean, Candace mm-hmm. had really put together a great staff to build, you know, her executive team. And so, uh, Dr. Christine Kelly handles the internal things, and th- those are things that are very student athlete centric, right? It's mm-hmm. um, you know, sports performance and nutrition, 
compliance, academics, uh, all of the things that are very internal. Uh, that's what she oversees. The external is really the, the outward facing things and, and really, for the most part, the things that drive revenue, whether that's marketing, sponsorships, uh, ticket sales, fundraising. Um, and in the case of, of some things, just, just overall, how, how do we, how is our brand? You know, how are we projecting mm -hmm. ourselves? And so that's the very outward facing things. And those things complement each other. Obviously, my job every day in many ways is to support what we're trying to do internally uh, to create the best experience possible for our student athletes uh, so that they come here and they gain a world-class education uh, and they get to train in the best environment possible. Uh, well, that takes resources. And so, you know, uh, my team doing our job well equates to uh, Vanderbilt being able to deliver on its promise to its student athletes. And so the opportunity for me uh, to come here and work for Dr. Uh, Candace Lee has just been a remarkable opportunity to, to do something. I, even as an AD, I leaned or, or my skill set leaned towards the external. Most people kind of have a, a set of skills that they would lean one way or the other, whether that's coming from compliance or academics or fundraising. So for me, this is an area hopefully of strength and of experience. Uh, that I can bring to Vanderbilt, that I have brought to Vanderbilt, uh, in a way to uh, just continue to improve what we're trying to do as a university and as an athletics department. Thanks once again, Tommy, for taking the time to join us here. Um, so you kind of touched on it here, but what ultimately was the deciding factor to bring you here to Vanderbilt um, from a head athletic director role to a deputy athletic director role um, from Louisiana Tech? Yeah, I think one, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a man of faith. And so my wife and I, this is something that we prayed about and, and really, you know, just about where, where would my next steps be? Uh, it is a non-traditional path, right? It's not uh, very often that you see someone that's in the AD position uh, that, that would take a step down. But, you know, my focus primarily, uh, you know, is, is on how, how I continue to invest in my career how do I continue to take the steps necessary for me uh, to do the things that I ultimately want to do? I don't think this is a, um, you know, a permanent step away from being an AD, although I, I came here to accomplish some things. It's not, a, it's not a box to be checked, but rather a job to accomplish. And I think that that's, that's my purpose here. So this is an investment in my career long term. I did not have Power 5 experience prior to arriving here and uh, did not have, you know, the academic uh, school, the elite academic school experience and somewhat was limited to very uh, close geography. So I'm from Louisiana, went to Northwestern State, which is in Louisiana, left to go to Texas to work at the Southland Conference for a year and then came back to the state of Louisiana where I was the AD at McNeese State in Lake Charles and then ultimately to Louisiana Tech. So this is also an opportunity for me to expand my geographical footprint. Uh, but, but also a, a large portion of that is, is on the personal side. My oldest son is autistic and uh, through uh, really what I believe in my faith is just uh, God's provision. We actually came to Vanderbilt in November of 2019 through a connection with Kix Brooks, the country music singer, oh, wow. who, who is a graduate of Louisiana Tech. And, and as a personal friend of mine, uh, in an effort to try to learn more about my son, uh, we came to the Kennedy Center here for two days in November of 19. No one at the Vanderbilt Athletic Department even knew that that occurred because it wasn't about the athletics piece. It was about me as a father uh, and, and my wife and our journey with our son. And 
10 months later, whatever that time frame was, the summer, you know, seven, eight months later, whatever that was, I get a phone call from, from Candace about this opportunity. Uh, and again, when I came here, she wasn't even the AD in November of 19. And I know Candace and her reputation is impeccable in our industry. She's been kind of viewed as the person that's been runner, running Vanderbilt Athletics for a while. So she had a, a remarkable reputation in our business. Uh, but she had no idea that I had been here. So she was just kind of off of a whim. Hey, is there any way that I could attract you to this opportunity? Well, again, the combination of how do I do things professionally to, to invest in my career, but also this, this remarkable connection that we already had with Vanderbilt uh, through the Children's Hospital uh, just provided. And again, it's, it sounds tough, but it's just, you know, Rustin and, and the place in Louisiana Tech were remarkable for my son. And it, it's, a, it's a, an incredible place, but we just wanted more resources around him as he enters his really formidable years going from he's 10 now. And so how do we continue to grow him and make him as independent as possible in his life? And being surrounded by people at Vanderbilt is not a bad way to go when you have a son with special needs. And so <laughs> uh, for us, this is a blessing uh, and an opportunity professionally. Yeah, no doubt about it. And obviously, you know, you're obviously excited with a, about a lot of stuff that's going on right now, especially with Clark Lee. Uh, and so, so are a lot of Vanderbilt fans. So you, for you personally, uh, Tommy, obviously, you know, you dealt with a lot of, uh, you know, football coaches over your time. How excited are you to begin a new era of Vanderbilt football with Clark Lee at the helm? Yeah, I, I'm excited about Coach Lee and, and the promise and the opportunity that we have with him. Um, you know, my arrival was in October. I think we were on our second or third game. And so, you know, my experience uh, in a very short amount of time will be more, I will have more time with Coach Lee than I did with the previous staff. So it was a very short amount of time. Uh, and so my eyes uh, very shortly since I arrived here begin to focus on the future, right? I mean, it's uh, once, uh, what was it, December that we made a coaching announcement that we were going to take, that we we're mm -hmm. going to hire a coach. So, I mean, Again, a very short amount of time with the previous staff, and then a decision is made, and then our eyes are focused on the future. I could not be more pleased with Coach Lee, uh, his thoroughness and his development of staff, uh, and not only the coaching staff, but what he's doing uh, with his support staff and his recruiting staff. Um, it's just, it, I've been very impressed with him. For a person who is entering his, his first time as a head coach, he is not, not acting like a first time head coach and I've again I've been an AD for 13 years I've hired 20 something head coaches uh, as a sitting AD and he is not asking the type of typical questions that a person who's never been a head coach is asking he is very knowledgeable he is very grounded in his convictions and his thoughts and I think it's going to serve Vanderbilt very well I, I look forward to us building this and I think the thing I would say right here on this is and you may get this later in the podcast but I, I don't I know we were short on time so I want to say it <laughs> yeah is, I want everyone to understand this, that having a, because I think we all recognize that we have a chancellor that kind of finally speaks like our love language, uh -huh. right? As fans, yep. like, I feel that from Vanderbilt, you know, <laughs> Commodore nation. It's like uh, we have a person that, that recognizes the importance of athletics. We know that Candace Lee loves athletics. I mean, she played, she's been asked, she's the AD. Um, but though, but, and then we hired a new football coach. So those three things bring a lot of optimism. But that is not the it is not their sole and only responsibility to change. It's not what I'm saying is it's not only incumbent upon them to create mm -hmm. change. It is upon all of us. If you have not purchased season tickets in the last year, then you can't you can't 
complain about what's going on. You have to be invested in it. If, if you haven't purchased merchandise, if you've not made a donation to the National Commodore Club, if you've not been in, in an effort to invest, then how can you expect results by simply changing personnel? Now, we do know that personnel inspires people, but hopefully it inspires people to be invested. And so my, my hopefully my part and my role in this is to be a mouthpiece for investment. And again, when people think about investment, like, oh, I don't have a ton of money. Well, but are you coming to games? Are you speaking well of Vanderbilt? Mm. Are you buying merchandise? Are you uh, donating tickets if you're not living in Nashville and can't come? Are you making a contribution to the National Commodore Club? Um, because again, it takes everyone. It is not simply one person's responsibility or their sole job to make this thing turn around. They have a job and we are gonna hold them accountable to it, but it takes everyone pulling in the same direction uh, to make this thing turn in a way that we know it can be. We've experienced it uh, in football. Uh, and We've experienced it in other sports. So we know it's possible, but it takes everyone. Yeah, you spoke about uh, kind of the optimism around the program regarding the personnel changes around the football program and, and everything of that nature. And you, you did touch on that it, it does take everyone. It's not just changing in personnel and expect that's the magic switch that that changes up the, the issues surrounding the program. But are there any specific plans uh, regarding improving the game day atmosphere that has kind of waned um, over the past seven years or so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's it's one of the things that, you know, I got here in October and my job is rev like the tag in my job is external affairs revenue generation. Well, gosh, I mean, I'm failing <laughs> miserably since October, right? We haven't had any fans. And so I say that jokingly, but one of the things that does allow us to do is it allows us to catch our breath and to really refocus and to make sure that we are um, putting together a plan and, and, and activating it in a way that when fans come back on the scene, which I, I'm praying and hoping that is when we play East Tennessee State and Clark runs with his team out through the tunnel uh, mm -hmm. to a packed house, that the fans that encounter that game, they feel the difference, right? Not just with the way maybe the team performs, um, which is less of out of my control. Uh, you know, I, I can't control that. But really, how, do, how have we created an environment uh, that is uh, family friendly, that is entertaining, that is exciting, that would make you want to come back as an individual that came, but also may want you to bring someone else to the event the next time. That's what we've been working on. Uh, we've been using this term. It's, uh, I'm now getting picked on by some of my staff members, which means they're getting the point though. <laughs> but we've been using this point is th this is our chance to pack the powder. So we're, we're taking this opportunity to pack the powder so that whenever we come back on the scene, we're launching out of a cannon, so to speak, uh, in a way that is new, exciting, and different. And so um, that's what we're doing. So one of the things on our external team, uh, we've re kind of shuffled some of our personnel. We've hired a new senior associate for external. Uh, her name is Lauren uh, Belisle. She is from Virginia Tech. And there, I mean, what Virginia Tech did during her period of time there was remarkable in the marketing space and in the fan engagement set space. And so she's bringing her expertise here and helping to build a marketing and, and strategic initiatives team that I think we're going to feel the difference as fans. You're going to see it and feel it. Um, 
but there are some kind of short-term upgrades. There are some bigger things that we've all kind of alluded to, I think, as fans you hear, uh, whether it's Candace or Dr. Deermeyer talking about some of these bigger plans that are coming. They are coming. Um, but, but there are some shorter term upgrades. I know that we're doing some things to the locker room and the football area that are currently happening now. Um, again, that's not a fan experience thing, but we know that that's coming. Uh, and then there are some things around the stadium um, that are gonna be immediately noticeable to the fans, but that are not the long, that's not the big announcement. That's not the, the longer range things that are gonna occur, uh, but it's gonna help uh, us take steps forward to improve that experience in a way that, um, you know, that people will notice and see the difference. But, you know, to me, the, the, the fan experience is about two things. It's about recruitment and retention. So well, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. I was a making an appeal to people earlier that you've got to get involved. You've got to make the difference and be a part of it we've got to do our part as well, right? So we've got to, what are we doing to recruit people uh, to the movement, if you will? How are we recruiting people to the event or to join us on this journey? And then once we get them to the venue uh, and they experience who we are, it's about retention. So it's recruitment and retention. Retention comes through the quality of the experience. We, we could recruit people by saying we're going to, you know, saw a guy in half at, at midfield, you know, and everybody's like, oh my God, they're going to saw a guy. <laughs> And then like we create like it's just a hoax type deal. It's a it's it, it doesn't really it was a dud. Right. It was like more of a marketing tool that didn't mm -hmm. work and they didn't have a great experience. The concession stands were long. The lines were long. The food was bad. Uh, the bathrooms were terrible. All, all these things. So, you know, everything matters. Your your journey in the venue and the way you experience the event matters. And we're going to ask for feedback. So after the first event, we're going to send out surveys to people and we want them to be honest. What are the things we did well? What are the things we can improve on? And I know that's been done in the past, but it's important for you to be active in that because otherwise it's hard for us to know how to get better. I don't know about every person's experience at the concession or in the tailgate area or uh, you know, the finding their seat. I don't know about every experience unless we ask and you provide that feedback. I know we got to let you go, Tommy, but got one more uh, before we close up shop. You mentioned the locker room, and, and obviously players get excited about the locker room. It, it excites recruits, but fans get excited about it too when, when they see that reveal and, and they look at it. Obviously, the, the um, company that did LSUs is obviously working on Vanderbilt's. So I think fans are excited about that. Are you able to reveal any sneak peek details about that new locker room, or are you, are you, uh, are you kind of shutting that down right now? No, I got to kill. I got to let y'all on the hook and let y'all wait to see where everybody else, but I, I do think that the good news is, is that it's, uh, it is happening. It's underway. And, you know, the other things that we want to accomplish here that are long-term plans and, and more uh, impactful things uh, that are, that are more robust in nature, um, they're, they're coming, but that doesn't mean that we can wait now to get in, to get better. Like we can still take incremental, uh, incremental steps. And that's what this is. This is the opportunity for these student athletes this year and in the coming years to experience something that they hadn't before that was really needed to improve their experience. But I will tell you this, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> hey, that's all we need to hear. Um, obviously, we're getting really excited about the football season and that uh, new reveal. Tommy, thank you so much. This is a pleasure. Um, hopefully, we can get you on again soon. But uh, again, you're a busy man, and, and thank you for taking the time. Appreciate you, Billy. Thank you, Will. 
Well, that does it for episode 68 of The Door Report. It was definitely a good one. Huge thanks to our special guest, Tommy McClellan, the deputy athletic director over at Vanderbilt. Awesome discussion. For myself, Billy Derrick, Will Byram, and Tommy McClellan, you've been listening to episode 68 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.